My boss says they don't pay overtime after I've already done overtime. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk and hit the bell for notifications. Sometimes as a consultant, you get to see how an office functions from an outsider's perspective. Since you're an independent contractor, the company treats you differently than an employee. Also, just due to the nature of contract work, your engagement is usually short term. This makes you a temporary fixture and sometimes you're just treated as a fly on the wall, like you don't exist. And this can lead to some interesting observations, including seeing train wrecks in progress. This is one of those tales. Not so much about the nuts and bolts of tech support, but more about the people and some good old fashioned just desserts. Background. As a consultant, you're always going to be the IT guy, whether you like it or not. No matter how you market your services, every single company is going to assume you can do anything with a computer. And when business is slow, this is not necessarily a bad thing if you just need work. About 10 years ago, I found myself in a situation. I got an inquiry through my website asking about assistance deploying some workstations and other mundane tasks. Usually I would pass on this kind of work, but it was the winter and the other client work was dry that month. A guy still has to pay the bills, so I followed followed up and within a day the scope of work was signed. Easy stuff. The company had its own IT department, but just needed some extra hands. I was going to be one of three outside contractors that would deploy some workstations, do some server admin work, and set up some other equipment for a new department. The money wasn't the best, but it was time I had free and it was all swing shift work, meaning no traffic and I get to sleep in. So not bad. The first day, I report as requested about 3 p.m. and talk to our contact. He was a senior engineer in charge of part of the IT department there. Saying he really doesn't have time to do anything more than a quick introduction they're slammed with work, he shows us the ropes and leaves us to it. Between the three of us, we break down our specialities and parse out the work. Everyone knows this is a cakewalk of a job and just wants to get it done fast as the pay was a flat rate. I take the server work and see my contact who's the system administrator. Figuring he was probably gone for the day as it was mid-evening, I was just going to leave him a note asking him to call me. But to my surprise, he's at his desk. In fact, just about everyone in the IT department are milling around. Didn't think much of it at the time, just that it was one busy department and the guys must be pulling double shifts. He shows me the systems and I get to work. Around midnight, we're wrapping up for the night and the three of us break down what we have left with the senior engineer who's still on site. The plan is to wait until Friday night to deploy the workstations and get everything in place. The senior engineer says most of his team will probably be there all weekend anyhow, so it doesn't matter to him. I left thinking, man, that's a busy place. Those guys must really be pulling down the overtime. I wonder what's going on that they have so much work as I walked out the door that night. Soon enough, I'd find out what the deal was. Friday night, I head to the worksite a little early on Friday, figuring if we all pull a long night, we should be able to wrap it up and all get our weekend back. Things are going great and we're ahead of schedule, so the senior engineer offers to take us out to a local diner while we wait for the office to close up so we can deploy workstations without tripping over people. At the diner, senior engineer, I want to thank you guys for all your hard work. We're all overworked and when we got approval to contract out this job, everyone was excited. Me, hey, glad to be of service. Looks like you guys are crazy busy. Is everyone pulling doubles and doing weekends to handle your ticket load? Senior engineer. Oh, we're understaffed, so we all have to pull extra hours. Me. That sucks, but must be some great overtime. Senior engineer. Overtime. Uh, not really. We're all salaried. Some loophole or something. We just put in the time because we all need the job right now. The conversation trailed off from there, but it left me thinking, in this state, most IT workers are eligible for overtime as a matter of law. There's no loophole like that. Something isn't right. Back at the work site. I'm in the network closet with the systems administrator, hooking up some ports and finishing the server work. He's a friendly guy, so we start chatting. Me. I was talking to your buddy, and it seems like you guys work insane hours here. I asked, trying to fish for 
a little more information. Systems admin. Oh yeah, it's been like this for a year. 60 hours is a light week these days. It's kind of bull. Me. Yeah, the other guy said you don't get overtime. Systems admin. <laughs> that is what the boss tells us, but let me show you something. He pulls up an email exchange he had with his manager. It's dated about 10 months ago and makes the very point I thought that the entire department should be getting overtime and the law requires it. His boss's response in bold and caps was, It is company policy to not pay any overtime. Working more than 40 hours is part of the job. Deal with it or find another place to work. Then the systems admin smirks and shows me his response to the boss. Sure, okay, whatever. And that was the end of the exchange. Me. Look, I'm not a lawyer, but you might want to call up the labor department. I'm pretty sure it's illegal for you to not be getting overtime. Then, to my surprise, the systems admin pulls up another email from his personal account. Oh, it's blatantly illegal. I asked a lawyer, and this was his response. He showed me a memo explaining the law and that most likely a lawsuit would be successful. This was dated about nine months ago. Me. So, you guys know you should be getting overtime, but not getting paid, and everyone's okay with that? Systems admin. We all make sure to log all of our hours and document the time. Me, still confused, but you still aren't actually getting paid for overtime. Systems admin. No, but we will. Here's the kicker. According to the law, the labor department will look back at the hours we put in for the last 12 months and award us retroactive overtime. So all of us just log our time and keep records, then in about a month, we're going to file a claim altogether. The company is going to be on the hook for all that overtime, and they won't be allowed to fire any of us for reporting them either. Then, the coup de grace. We all figured when this whole thing started, if we pressed the point back, then they would just figure out a way to screw us. So we all just decided to stay quiet, put in the time they tell us to work, and we will get our bonus check when it's all said and done if this stuff is all backdated. Wow, that is some stone cold strategizing. Me. How many hours do you think you guys have piled up? Systems admin. Hard to tell. Everyone keeps their own paper logs to keep it quiet. We also don't talk about it too much so nothing gets out, but last time we met outside of work, it was a boatload of time. I figure for myself, they still owe me about 13 to 14 months of salary and overtime. And when all's said and done, add up damages, penalties, interest, it will probably be almost two years of pay. Me. Holy. Systems admin. So if the guys won't talk about it and seem eager to work all these long hours, now you know why. We finished up the job that night. I exchanged contact information with a few guys and said if they had any other contract work to think about giving me a call. And that was it. Until three months later, I'm at another job and see an email come in from the systems administrator. Subject line, overtime claim. Hey IT guy, hope you're doing well. We all ended up filing a big overtime claim with the state and the company fired us for supposedly falsifying our timesheets. The lawyers sorting it all out, but anyway, I wanted to know if I could give your name to an investigator who's looking for witnesses to verify some of the extra hours we worked. I agreed to talk to the investigator and got a call about a week later. He asked me some routine questions about times and dates and wanted me to email him over some proof I did the job. Then he started going into the details of the case. So we got this company for probably a million in overtime and damages between all the guys in the department, plus firing is probably illegal, so that's going to be another few hundred thousand on top of it. The insurance company wants to settle, and once we wrap up the due diligence work, I think these guys are all going to make out rather nicely. I didn't hear anything for a while until another email came in from the systems administrator. Subject line, RE overtime claim. 
Just wanted to let you know we settled this whole thing. Company came pretty quick once it was clear we kept honest logs of our time and the local management violated parent company regulations for the sake of making their site budget look better. Can't go into details, but we all got sizable checks enough to pay off some loans and go back to school. I'll have to find a new job, but after I get my grad degree, that shouldn't be an issue. Appreciate you talking to the investigators. Thanks, IT guy. What a bunch of jerks, right? Wow, I can only imagine how satisfying it was for the original poster to be, as he put it, a fly on the wall in this situation. We all love to hear the story of a company getting what's coming to them for not taking care of their workers properly. At the end of the day, companies don't seem to recognize that their workers are the life's blood of their company and they would have nothing without them. They need to treat them with that kind of respect. Blatantly breaking the law and not paying these guys for the incredible amount of time they're putting in is just downright dirty. And you know that the higher-ups were getting nice bonuses for making it look like their site was being very budget-friendly. So essentially, they were taking money out of the workers' pockets and just putting it directly into their own. All I can say is I'm glad they got what's coming to them, and I'm sure they will not be getting any other kind of management positions anytime soon. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must-not-take-yourself-too-seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. My longtime friend stole my medication and then denied it, so I kind of ruined his life. 16 years ago, I made a friend one day on the bus. Up until about a year ago, I considered this guy a member of my family. Let's call this guy Joel. So I keep a crystal bowl on the mantle above my fireplace full of my medical marijuana. I started noticing that after poker night, my bowl seemed a lot emptier than it should. So I set up a camera to see which one of my guests was helping themselves when my back was turned. Next poker night, once everyone's gone, I pull up the video. There was Joel, plain as day, stuffing like $60 worth of my medication into his pocket. I sent him the video and told him he had to return my medication or pay for it, and I told him that if he chose to do neither, he should no longer consider me a friend. He denied it. Even with the video staring him in the face, he said he hadn't taken anything. He even had the nerve to act offended by the fact that I accused him. So I decided to ruin his life. Over the years, he had told me a lot of things he didn't want his wife to know. Affairs, shady things he'd done with their joint funds, drug issues, terrible things he said about her, her mother, and her sister. So I went back through all of our messages and took screenshots of everything secret he'd ever said to me. There were over 70 pics. I sent her the screenshots. Here are some examples of the kind of stuff that was in the screenshots. He admitted to cheating on her with eight different women over the course of our friendship, taking money that they were saving for a car and using it to buy drugs, specifically Xanax and perks, the fact that he was continuing to do drugs after he promised her he was clean and sober, some of the things he said about her and her family, she's a vile, disgusting woman and the reason they never had sex is he can't stand the smell in between her folds, he said he was pretty sure she was inappropriately touching her niece, he said that all of her friends only pretend to like her so they can buy oxys off her, also as I'm editing this, I just remembered that he said he wanted to get one of his side chicks pregnant because he He'd always resented his wife for being infertile. Her sister is an insane harpy, and she abuses her kids. This is not true, but he said it. Her sister is faking autoimmune disease for attention. Her mom is a fat, lazy cow who doesn't actually need to be in a wheelchair. She just likes not having to stand up or bathe herself, so she's malingering. And 
there were more things, but that's what came to mind without me having to dig through the screenshots I sent. She filed for divorce and reported him to the police for the drugs he had in their house. While he was doing his eight months in jail for the pot that he stole from me, his boss filled his position and he lost his job. His now ex-wife won't let him in her house. Now he lives in a car and showers at truck stops. I found out about the aftermath in parts. Some came from his ex-wife. She told me about the divorce, kicking him out and getting him arrested. Some came from a guy Joel and I used to both be friends with, who works at the place Joel used to work. He told me about the job loss, car living, and the truck stop thing. I'm still on good terms with his ex-wife. I even sent her some enchiladas the other day for Cinco de Mayo. I also sent the video to all of our mutual friends, so he lost 90% of his social circle. I cut that other 10% out of my own life since they want to associate with known thieves. Birds of a feather. So, am I the jerk? No, original poster, you're definitely not the jerk. You outed the definition of a jerk, and there's nothing wrong with that. This guy really does sound quite despicable. If we're looking at the single action of the fact that he stole from you and all of this came as a repercussion, sure, it doesn't necessarily seem balanced for that one action. But it seems clear that it was just a matter of time before karma caught up to this guy. And our poster just gave it a little bit of a nudge. It honestly sounds like you just did yourself and everyone a favor by getting this guy out of everyone's lives. My aunt demands my grandma's cookbook that I've had for 10 years, four days after grandma passes away. So my grandma gave me this cookbook that's been passed down four generations in the family, making me the fifth to have it. She gave it to me when I got a house and started university, 10 years ago. My aunt was in the room when it was given too. My one cousin was jealous because she thought she deserved it as I didn't spend as much time with grandma living far away. If Hitler, Stalin, and Martha Stewart had a threesome, my auntie is the product. She's the most emotionally abusive person I've ever met and hates my mom for finding real love and remarrying after she got divorced. She expected my mom never even to date again like her. Well, in December, my grandma passed away on my birthday. She was my idol and role model, and she loved me and I loved her so dearly. I was the last person she remembered before her Alzheimer's took over completely. Well, not even three days later, I find out my auntie is looking for this book and demands it so she can make copies for the entire family. My oldest cousin thinks it's her birthright, and my other girl cousin just had a baby, so she thinks she deserves it so she can pass it down to her little girl because I can't have kids. I'm having a hysterectomy next month. I've told them all to screw off. Grandma gave this to me 10 years ago, before she got sick, before I got sick. Not that it matters. She gave it to me, and I don't have to give it over to anyone for any reason. Not even roommates were allowed to touch this book. None of them are speaking to me now, and I'm really mad. I'm so disappointed over their entitled feelings and throwing it at me that I can't have kids. I turned 27 the day my grandma died. I want kids, I just can't medically have them. No one is getting this book. She gave it to me and she was the only person to ever accept me as family. I miss my grandma and I wish I understood the meaning of family. What's written sounds bizarre to me and I want those good feelings. Just to clarify, I'm hurt because they won't speak to me. They're speaking to everyone else instead of me. I haven't heard once from this auntie, but she said everything to my mom and hurt my mom so much more. And my mom had to relay it to me thinking I had stole the cookbook because my mom and I weren't talking when my grandma gave me the book 10 years ago. So I either never told her or it was so minor back then she forgot I had it. I don't have any respect for people who talk to others about a problem, but not to the person who's the only one that can rectify the problem. She shouldn't have involved my mom. Edit. The book is extremely delicate, so it can't be copied unless painstakingly by hand. This book came from her great-grandmother. My great-great-great-great-grandmother. 
from England on the boat with her to Canada. I've been working on making a copy of it digitally already for years, but it's massive. It has sections in it about meat cuts, canning, and even table settings with which way the knife blade should point. It also has every generation's writing in it as they scored recipes. I remember crying the first time I got to mark my first recipe as excellent. My auntie was in the room when my grandma gave it to me for the first time. It's been 10 years and I've spoken less than a few sentences to her because of the things she did to me when I lived with her for a short while. I'm not spending any time giving anything to her. She also didn't even ask me herself, but did it in a way that it demanded my mom make me give it back. After explaining to my mom, she agreed with me. Update on the decision, venting and all the opinions that were well expressed has given me really good ideas on how to safely copy slash digitize the book and to preserve it when I can afford to. So when I find a store to do it, I'm going to have copies made for each of my cousins only for next year on the date. A birthday present for me to everyone in memory of the best person I had the honor of knowing. If auntie wants a copy, she can borrow one of her kids versions to go copy. I'm not going out of my way for her but I do really respect this gift and won't covet it and it be lost to the family. I'm going to leave out a few pages of the book that have the recipes that are my favorite and I'm known for specifically because they're so amazing and I want just one thing to be mine and grandma's. I think that's a more than reasonable compromise for all the work I'll be taking on to afford the process. Nothing crazy, like five pages only. The book is hundreds of pages long. I think we've come to a reasonable compromise, but was I being a jerk? I feel this one's a little more difficult to judge just on the face of it. There's clearly a lot of stuff that happened behind the scenes that led to her feeling the way she does about her aunt. And I have to admit, it doesn't sound like a person I would be too eager to try and please either. But I think she came to the right decision in wanting to share this with members of her family and making sure it's not lost due to one generation's fight. It's been in the family a very long time and clearly everyone feels it's very important. I don't think the original poster was being a jerk. Honestly, this was a horrible time for them to come at her with something like this, and I think it just took a little bit of time for people to figure out how the situation should be handled. Am I the jerk for robbing my brother of his full inheritance? My brother Ben, 35, is spoiled. Mum favors him over us girls. He always got what he wanted or he threw tantrums, even at my sister's funeral. She was 16, him 14, and me 11. My dad has two brothers and one sister. When my uncle was 22, he came out as gay. My grandparents were shocked, but they loved and accepted him for who he was. My dad married my mom, and with my uncle, did lots of things together. To us, he was the fun uncle. My aunt and other uncle married their partners, but they were always critical of my other uncle because of his life choices. My grandparents held the family together, but in 2016, they both died within nine months of each other. My aunt and uncle ended up disowning my gay uncle. He was upset, but he and my dad have always been close, so we became his only family. In 2019, my uncle was diagnosed with lung cancer. He rewrote his will and asked my brother to be executor because dad wasn't coping with him being sick. Ben accepted as he believed that my uncle would split everything between him and myself. My uncle died in May 2021. My dad, my uncle's boyfriend, and I were with him. I called and messaged my brother repeatedly, but he didn't answer or come to say goodbye. At the funeral, dad was a mess, but my brother was giddy. A couple of weeks of my brother pestering my dad to find the will later, we looked in my uncle's safe. Dad unlocked it and Ben grabbed the paperwork. Soon after, he swiped everything off my uncle's desk, swore, yelled, and stormed out. Later, I found the will and my uncle had split his estate four ways. One quarter each to my brother, myself, my uncle's boyfriend, and cancer research. Ben was angry because he only got one quarter. He contested the will. 
He claimed that he only accepted the job of executor because he was promised one half. He believed he should get one half and the other one half should be split three ways. It went to court in October 2022. I testified and when asked if my brother should get one half of the estate because of all the work he had to do, I said no. I said my dad and I had done more than my brother helping my uncle simplify his affairs prior to his death and that my uncle was a deliberate man and we should respect his wishes. Ben was livid but still thought he would win. He didn't. Early December, I was notified that Ben got one quarter minus costs and the rest of us each got one quarter. He went nuts, demanding I compensate him because I cost him his money. My mother blew up my phone with, how can I do this to her baby? And relatives are telling me I did the wrong thing. Mom banned me from Christmas, my parents divorced when I was 16, because of my poor behavior and told everyone I refused to come after what I did. Ben had a New Year's Eve party and my sister-in-law sent me a message saying sorry with a picture of my photo on Ben's dartboard and a sign telling his guests to throw darts at me and to message my number and tell me I'm a jerk. I only got two messages from his friends, so I don't think I am. But you tell me, am I the jerk? Personally, to me, absolutely not. Your brother was the one trying to be a greedy little jerk. And from what I can gather from the context of this, there was no official agreement for him to receive 50%. He just made that assumption. And the fact that he thinks he should be guaranteed that amount for helping out so much is kind of absurd. I don't know. Honestly, I think this kid just kind of needed a bit of a reality check and it sounds like you gave it to him. Your uncle sounds like he was a good guy and it seems like this is probably the outcome he would have wanted. As you said, he was a deliberate person and that is what he chose to put in his will for it to be executed that way. For the brother to turn around and say, no, we had an agreement when there was a new will clearly written out when the uncle found out about all of this really just feels like he's just trying to squeeze more money out of it into his own pocket. I think the original poster did the right thing and I don't think the family's being fair to them at all as a result. This brother needs to just learn to grow up. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, give Am I the Genius a shot, linked in the description as well. Either way, thanks for watching and we'll see you guys next time.